I just wanna celebrate. I just wanna Anybody old enough to remember that? Some of you were. Yes. All right, there's a trivia question. Who did that song? Uh, Who? Randy knows. Earth, wind, and fire give her a prize. Here's a cap to my water. Whoa! And I threw it right to you. She caught it almost. 1971. I was contemplating marriage. You know, that song is, is kind of, it's, it's not a, it wasn't written as a Christian song. I know one of the guys in the band was a Christian. And, uh, but it goes to say that I put my faith in man and man let me down. And the second verse goes, I put my faith in money. He said, I had a dollar bill in my hand and the dollar bill blew away. And it says, Beside, but, but because even, even with that happening, I can celebrate. You know, that's not written with a Christian flavor to it, but... It speaks a lot, you know, because we can't put our faith in man. We can't put our faith in money. If we put our faith in anything or anyone other than Jesus Christ, they, it will fail you. It will. And so many people get upset and they, they leave the church because somebody upset them or somebody failed them. But Jesus never fails. Your friend may turn on you and may never be a friend again, but... They're not Jesus. Jesus will not turn his back on you. He says he never leaves us or forsakes us. He never gives up on us. Isn't that incredible? We've been talking about the goodness of God. That last song, we had another song planned, and I was preparing the sermon this week, and, and I got to this part about the goodness of God. So we've got to sing the goodness of God. Because so many people are, are, are afraid of God. They're, they're, they're looking back at 2020 and go, look what God did to me. No, God didn't do anything evil to you. The enemy did. God is good all the time, all the time. God is good. God is great all the time, all the time. God is great. God is magnificent all the time, all the time. God is magnificent. God is faithful all the time, all the time. God is faithful. So we can celebrate life. Say, I'm going to celebrate life. But, but see, if you're going to celebrate life, you're going to have to celebrate today. See, some of you have already got it figured out that tomorrow is going to be a crappy day. Really, you do. You've already thought, well, I don't have a job to go to. I don't have any money in the bank. I don't go, nan, 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 blah, 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 blah. So you've already decided that this is going to be a crappy week. I'm going to say crappy. It's going to be a horrible week. But no, we celebrate every day, but you've got to start celebrating him today. So we're going to talk about celebrating God and really celebrating life. But the only way you can truly celebrate life is when you first celebrate God. So if you have your Bibles, I'm going to be, well, let me read this scripture because we read it all the time. It's in our first song. It says, this is the day the Lord has made. I will what? Rejoice. I will what? Rejoice. And be what? Yes. Now, is that something that's just going to fall on you and happen to you or do you have to choose to do that? To it's a choice to 
Rejoice. Say it's a choice to rejoice. It, it, it is a choice. So you can either choose to rejoice or you can choose to be in the dumps. You can choose to go, I don't, I'm not listening to a thing he says. I'm not going to do a thing God tells me to do. I'm my own person. If I want to walk through this life and I want to be mad and mean and all and sad, then that's your choice. I don't want to hang around you, though. And probably nobody else wants to hang around you. So listen, if people don't want to hang around you, maybe because you need to make a choice to rejoice. I don't have any friends. Well, start being a friend to somebody. Nobody likes me. Well, start liking some people. Quit looking at everybody with a critical eye. Listen, there's a lot of things you can do to change the direction you're going in 2021. A lot of things you can do. And they're all biblically sound. They're all biblically based. So I want to set the tone for this body of believers at Freedom Fellowship. This is going to be your celebration. We celebrate God because God is in us. God created us. God birthed us. God saved us. God wants us to succeed. He's not a father that wants us to fail. What, what good father in this audience, in this group of people, wants your children to fail? None of you. What good mother in this, in this group of people wants your children to fail? None of you. And what would you do for them if they started falling or failing? You would love them. You would, you would come alongside them. You might spank them too, but you, you, you want to do that in love, right? But you want to you nurture them. You want to bring them up. You want them to grow. You don't want to miss things in life. You want them to celebrate every day because every day is precious. How many of you in here have had a near-death experience? Raise your hand. I want, I want just keep them up. I want you to look around, church. Step, stand up and look around. All the pans that are up have had near-death experiences. I'm one of those. I've had a few of them. Listen, if you've had one of those and God rescued what he did, then you should be celebrating every breath, every day that you have. Every day. Because we could sit here and tell stories about the near-death experiences. And people be going, you do the emoji, the wow emoji. I wouldn't have a wow emoji. Uh, all right, so let's get into it. I'm starting something new this year, guys. And this is, you're going to be blown away by it. I got a three-point sermon. Three points. I turned in my scriptures to Richard. He, he called me, he said, Pastor? This is going to be your shortest sermon ever. What? Oh, are you going to send me some more scriptures? I said, I don't know. I don't think so. Well, Hagen, well uh, he was kind of, look at him back there. He's like, I didn't know what he's doing. Three points? Usually seven or eight. All right, if you have your Bibles, I'm going to read from Philippians 4. You know, I love Philippians. Philippians. Philippians 4. I'm going to read from the message today because it really just hits home to what we're what we're wanting to get across today. I don't always like the message, but sometimes I really do like it. You know, it's like uh, just really speaks in today's language. I got to get my Fuji or Fiji. Fuji. What's Fuji? Some sort of fish, I'm sure. Fuji is an apple? It's apple water. No, it's got a flower on the back. It's Fiji. Thank you. Did y'all learn something today? Fuji is an apple. Idaho is a potato and a steak. Okay. Philippians 4, beginning with verse 4 in the message. It'll be on the screen if you can't follow along in your translation. 
Celebrate God all day, every day. Isn't that good? Yes. Celebrate God all day, every day. I mean, revel in Him. Make it as clear as you can to all who you meet that you're on their side, working with them and not against them. He's talking to the church. He's talking to the people of the church. Help them see that the master is about to arrive. He could show up in any minute. Yeah. My wife says, I don't talk enough about the second coming, so I'm talking about the second coming today. Because he could come back any minute. Yeah. He could come back now. Oh, he didn't. If he did, we're all in trouble. <laughs> we're all still here. You ever with a brother or sister in Christ and all of a sudden you can't find them? You go, well, I wonder if the rapture happened and I'm still here. Yeah, y'all do, don't you? Where's my wife? Where's my wife? Where's my wife? <laughs> it's usually the wife that you think's going and you're staying, right, guys? I've been a bad boy. <laughs> so, uh, okay. Celebrate God. Now, you've got to get the setting for this. Paul is writing this from where? Prison. Prison. Dingy, damp, dark prison. Some people say it has some pretty nice quarters, but nobody can prove that. I think prison is not a good place to be. I don't care how nice the walls are and how many good pictures you have in the prison wall. He's in prison, and he's writing to this church. He said, listen, celebrate God. Every day, every minute of every day, celebrate Him. Celebrate God. All day, every day. How do you celebrate God? Oh, high five. You can't high five God. Fist bump God. No, you can't do that. Can you throw God a ticker tape? You can't do that. See, we have our ways of celebrating in America, don't we? We have parties. Don't, how many of you know when you have celebrate something, have a party? Party! Right? Right? I mean, these guys, these teams in the, in the, in the, in the games, that even before they get to the championship game now, they're dropping confetti, like massive amounts of confetti onto the players. And you, they're trying to show, they're trying to do the after-the-game interviews. You can't even see the people because the confetti's so thick. And yet, they're just going, oh, that was great, but we've got to play again in 11 or 7 days. See, we celebrate. How many of you celebrate a birthday? What, what do you do when you celebrate a birthday? Party. Have a party. You, you light some candles. You have, you have some streamers. New Year's Eve. You have the streamers. You have the little noisemakers. Put, put the weirdest funny hats on New Year's Eve. Right? We party. We, we celebrate life in so many ways. But guess what? It's always temporary. I had a birthday November 4th. Nobody cares. It was November the 4th. That's a long time ago. Mary Lou's got one coming up. And we'll celebrate her birthday. But guess what? After we, well, she celebrates it for about a month. So how many of you women celebrate your birthday for a month? It's my birthday month. Don't you just hate that guy? It's my birthday month. Well, how, what, why did I only get a birthday day? You get a whole month. It's true, isn't it? It's just not fair. No, it's not fair. John, say it's not fair. Thank you, John. So we celebrate all these things, but how do we celebrate God? How do we, how do we acknowledge God? How do we party with God, so to speak? You know, even the, Bible's, the Bible talks about parties all the way through it. There's parties in the Bible. First miracle Jesus did was at a wedding party, Right? When one sinner repents, the Bible says the angels, I don't say, think it says they throw a party in heaven, but they celebrate in heaven. I, I guarantee you, angels are making some noise this morning when those people went under the water. Oh, yeah. They're partying up there. Like, Woohoo! Look at what's going on at Freedom. Yeah. 
You know, they're just excited. But how do we celebrate God? Because if we're going to celebrate life, if I just told you you have to celebrate God first, how do we celebrate Him? So he says it right here. He says, what do we do? He says, make it as clear as you can to all you meet that you're on their side, working with them and not against them. Help them see that the master is about to arrive. He could show up in any minute. The way we celebrate God is we worship Him and we serve Him. And we serve others. We celebrate other people. When we, ce when we celebrate God, we celebrate people because well, guess what? We're His creation. He doesn't like us tearing each other apart. That's right. We shouldn't be tearing people apart. Brothers and sisters, you know, we, we, he said, this should not be so that we're, we're talking against them. We're putting people down. We're, we're discouraging instead of encouraging. God's called us to have a Barnabas spirit. He's called us to lift people up. He's, caused us, he's called us to come alongside people. He's called us to bless those who persecute you. Pray for your enemies. He's called us to do that. So when we do that, God's going, wow, they love me. They're celebrating me because they're doing what I said to do. Obedience is the celebration of God. You know, you may not be blowing some blowing little noisemakers and throwing confetti in the air, but God doesn't care about that. He cares about what you're doing with your life for Him, for His glory. Amen. That's how we celebrate God. We celebrate Him. We give Him glory. We give Him praise. Listen, these people that went in the water today was because God moved in and saved them. But He uses people to do that. God wants to, This is really pointed today. God wants you to reach out this year and see somebody come to the kingdom of God because you witnessed to them. He'll do that if you'll let him. You talk about a celebration. Do you want to get in on celebrating life? Lead somebody to Jesus. Oh, man, there's nothing like it. it, it it's so much fun, Lauren, when you lead somebody to Jesus. And you know, you know why it's so much fun? You know why it's so awesome? Because you've taken them from death to life. You've, 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 given them, you've given them the gospel, the good news. They've all heard bad news all their life. They get the good news, and now they have eternal life in Jesus Christ. That's a celebration. Yeah, that's why I love it. I, I've been to churches, and I'm not saying we're the perfect church. We do everything just right. Matter of fact, we probably don't. A couple of things. But I love it that we stand when people get baptized. I love it that we clap when people get baptized. I love it that we shout when people get baptized. Yeah. Or when I say somebody, God say, yeah, we're good. I've been to church where John has accepted Christ today. He's going to be baptized next week. God bless you. And the people are going, uh, yeah. What? I love it that y'all are active. I love it that you want to move. I love it when CJ got up here and danced. You know, he could dance better than he can sing. If you want, to, you want to embarrass him, just ask him to sing something to you. Come on. But he can rap. You know what he does? He used to rap for the devil, and he raps for Jesus. That's pretty cool, huh? So when he was rapping for the enemy, no celebrating God. But when he gave his life to Jesus and started rapping for Jesus, the celebration began. That's why he's so full of life up here. Yeah, yeah. Don't y'all love that? Yeah. Love it. Wow. Okay. So that's, that's the first thing. We have, we have got to celebrate God because He could come back at any minute. Most people don't believe that. Most people believe, well, I've got it figured out. It's in 2000, whatever year. You have prophets that say, well, I think it's going to be here. And I think it's going to be then. I think it's, you know, I'll see all the signs have been fulfilled. So it could be. 
It could be any day. It could be any second. Shouldn't we live a celebratory life thinking, okay, you, you've heard the story. That's why Pentecostals jump so much because when the rapture comes, they want to be the first ones to go. They're already up in the air to begin with. Right. See it? They're already up there. Pentecostals all first. Here comes the Baptist. I don't know why I'm saying that. Edit. I love Baptist. Man, I was a Baptist for a lot of years and I learned so much. Really, I learned a lot. I learned a lot by grace. Yes. Uh-huh. Okay. Speaking in tongues. My grandson sent us a video. He's four. And he sent us a Tressy took a video of him. Said this, he said, Mom, this is how you speak in tongues. It's precious. He said, it's not a language. I, he said, I just said Simon. That's how you say Simon. Well, when he was at our house this summer, Mary Lou would pray over him. She would pray in tongues sometimes. He said, well, Mary, what's that language? She said, that was tongues. And he said, well, I, he, he, he can say some Spanish, and some, and a lot of English, and he speaks some French and some Hebrew, and his teacher at school in California teaching him Swahili, so we, we think he's going to be a, a man for the nations, a godly man for the nations. Yeah. That tongues thing just cracking us up. Right? <laughs> at least he knows there's another language. A heavenly language. Okay, go on. let's move on to one of my favorite, all-time favorite verses in the Bible. 4, 6, and 7. It sounds a little different, but listen. Listen as I read it. Don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers, letting God know your concerns. Remember we talked about that last week, about worry and fear and concerns. Before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good, will come and settle you down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything with prayer and thanksgiving, with supplication, present your requests to God. The peace of God which transcends all understanding or surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts in Christ Jesus. Amen. That's the NKJV version, or close to it. But I like the way he says, if you start praying, you'll replace the worry with prayer. See, sometimes we just tell you to stop doing something, but you need to start doing something over that thing you stopped doing. So if you want to stop worrying, start praying. So the second thing is I want, we need to celebrate God's faithfulness. You see, if you trust God, if you have put your hands, if you put your life in His hands, and you say, I trust you, that really should negate any worry or fear in your life. It should. But it doesn't, not everybody gets to that place. I don't think any of us get to that place perfectly, right? But he said, listen, don't worry about anything. And anything in the Bible means anything. Don't worry about anything, but in everything, with prayer and supplication and thanksgiving. Then you just say, God, this is it, man. This is what I need, God. You lay it before him, and then you trust him because he is 
Faithful. Say, God is faithful. He's always faithful. Do you ever think about just celebrating his faithfulness? Just say, God, wow. I'm just, I'm so blessed because you're so faithful. Even when I'm not, you're, you're, you're always there for me. You always have the answers for me. You're always there. You're always lifting me up. I, just, I humble myself and you exalt me. I say, I'm not worthy. You say, no, you are worthy. I say, I can't do this. And you say, yeah, you can do all things with you. Let me help you. You can do all things to Christ who gives you the strength to do it. So we have to trust in his faithfulness. He never wavers. He never changes. There's no shadow of turning with God. He's always present. He doesn't leave. He's always listening. He's waiting for us to exhibit faith. Matthew 6, 33, you've heard this one a million times. He says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his what? His righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry. Say worry. worry. Do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. See, some of you came in here today and you're like, Pastor, he's trying to build us up. He's trying to get us to really celebrate and smile. And I don't want to smile. It's not a good day. I don't think things aren't good in my life. And I understand that. I'm not, I'm, not think, I'm not saying you just smile your way through everything. If you just smile, everything, all the bad stuff goes away. No, what I'm saying is you need to start determining yourself in your life that I'm going to trust God. No matter what it looks like. And then you can smile. I didn't feel good last night. Saturday night. Guess what I'm preparing to do? Preach. I'm going on my, mess, I'm going on my notes and I didn't want to. I didn't feel good. Really? So what's the matter? I said, I just don't feel good. She looked at me and said, Ha ha, ha ha, ha ha. That's something we learned a while back. Who taught us that? Creflo Dollar, one of those guys. Ha ha, ha ha, ha ha. You know why? Because we just started laughing at the enemy. Because he wants to keep you down. He don't like when you laugh at him. So I just started, you have to build up your most holy faith. You have to build it up. Pray in the spirit. Build up your, your faith. Ha ha, ha ha, ha ha. See, some of you just need a ha ha, ha ha today. What does Betty say? Ha ha, ha, ho, 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 he, he, he. I don't like that one. I like, ha-ha, ha-ha, yeah, we just started laughing. Because God is faithful. And the enemy, he thinks he wins it. Listen, he's read the end of the book. He knows he's a loser. We need to make sure he knows he's a loser. And quit giving him, we, we, we give him too much authority in our lives. When he gets none, he should get no authority in our lives. So we need to celebrate God's faithfulness. You know, worry is a crazy mindset. Worry changes nothing. Well, actually, it does change something. It changes things for the negative. Right? But worry is not going to change your circumstances, but faith will. Fear won't change your circumstances, but faith will. You've got to partner with God in this faith thing. Hebrews eleven six 6 says, And without faith... Living within us, it would be impossible to please God. What does that mean? Impossible? You can't please God unless you have faith. You can work. You can serve. You can give. You can do whatever you want to do. But if there's not any faith attached to it, you're not pleasing God. You're not pleasing Him. He's just going, oh, I wish they would just trust me. 
I mean, they just trust me. They don't have a clue what I can do if they just trust me, but they're just worrying and they're, they're full of fear and doubt and complaining and grumbling. And if they'll just come over to this, this side of my side of faithfulness and understand that I'm a God who loves them and cares about them and wants the best for them. Wow. Crazy mindset, that thing called worry. And are there times when our faith wanes? Well, the religious people said, of course not. <laughs> My faith never wanes. <laughs> Who's waning anyway? <laughs> My faith, yeah, sometimes our faith isn't as at the peak, right? Something happens, we get blindsided, and all of a sudden we're like, oh, man. God's saying, I know you're having a struggle here, but I want you to know something. First, Second Timothy 2.13 says, but even if we are faithless, have less faith, he will still be full of faith, for he never wavers in his faithfulness to us. Yeah, that's a praise God. He never wavers. Boy, we waver. We mess up. God says, I got you. Repent. Trust me. See, we need to repent even when we walk in fear. And, I mean, when we walk in doubt and unbelief, we do need to repent. That just need, we need to change the way we think about things. We need to go, God, I trust you. God, I trust you. I don't see it happening, but I, tr I don't understand you, but I trust you. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. You never stop. You never stop working. Isn't that true? But a lot of times we just go, man, God stopped working. We sing it on Sunday. We go, God, what happened? Why did you stop? Why did you leave? And he said, I haven't left you. You quit trusting me. Verse 8. Summing it all up, friends. I'd say you'll do best by filling your minds and meditating on things that are true, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious, the best, not the worst, the beautiful, not the ugly, things to praise, not things to curse. Put into practice what you learned from me, what you heard and saw and realized. Do that, and God, who makes everything work together, will work you into his most excellent harmonies. Isn't that good? So we need to celebrate God's goodness. The third point. Celebrate God's goodness. Because He is good and He wants everything in your life to be good. What could change for you in this coming year if you're focused, change from failures, your failures, to the Father's victory? What could change for you in this coming year if you quit focusing on your sin and begin to focus on the Savior, what if you begin to focus, turn your focus from your inadequacies to your identity in Christ? What if you begin to focus not on the babble, which is the news and the TV and all the sounds and all the noise, quit focusing on the Bible, on the babble, and open up your Bible? Don't want to start rapping here, Brother CJ. What if instead of feasting, you started fasting? We need a drive-through fasting booth. Just drive up and they say, ain't nothing here. <laughs> it's a fasting booth. No food for you. No soup for you. <laughs> That's a good one, isn't it? No soup for you. We're fasting. Why do they call it fasting anyway? Because it seems like time really goes slow, let's say. When you're fasting. 
And breakfast is to break the fast. I guess that's why they call it breakfast. Let that? What if we just started to change our focus? Put our focus on the goodness of God. It's you. Not all your problems. Put on the goodness of God. You started focusing on the goodness of God. The faithfulness of God. I think you'd start celebrating life a little more. Wouldn't you? You might just see resurrected relationships, restored relationships, renewed relationships, prodigals coming home. If we would just change the way we think, change our attitude in this coming year. Even like when I was talking about tithing, you just have a different attitude about tithing. Just change. And see, the Bible says if we if we, not to conform to this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. The best way you can be renewed in your mind is to be in the Word of God. Hear the Word of God. When I think about God's goodness, and I'll, I'll close with this, one of my favorite, all-time favorite messages in the Bible is the prodigal son. Luke 15, if you want to go back and check it out. I'm not going to read it. I'm just going to paraphrase it and kind of catch you up on it. But there was, there's several stories in there about losing and winning, finding. But there was this young man, and he had a brother, and he went to his dad and said, I want my inheritance. He was young. He wasn't supposed to ask for inheritance that young at that age. And his father said, okay, I'll give it to you. So he gave him his inheritance, which apparently was a lot of money. He took off, and he went to what I would term, like in today's terminology, he probably went to Las Vegas. You know, lost Vegas, and he probably went there. And but he he, he, he got he, friends. You know, when you, when you got a lot of money and you're flashing it around, you get a lot of friends. Yeah. When the money ran out, and the job ran out, and all that stuff ran out, his friends ran out. He thought, man, what can I do? I'm broke. I have nothing. So he went to work for a, a farmer, and he was slopping pigs. And that's a Jewish guy. Doing the worst job in the world, slopping pigs, the most unclean thing he could do. And he comes to his senses one day and said, well, what am I doing, doing this for? My, my dad, if I just tell him, if I just see him, he started making up the story in his mind, what, what can I do to get back in my dad's graces? I know, I'll just, I'll go to him and I'll tell him, I have messed up, dad, I have sinned, and, and I don't deserve to be your son again, but if you just make me one of your servants. Now, this is a story of the goodness of God, because God is represented in the story by the Father. If I can just go and tell him, see, some of us, we, make, we have our stories ready for God. And, and, and so here he, he has his story ready. I, I'm going I'm to come back and just be a servant because my, my dad's servants eat pretty good. They're not slopping. They're not eating pig slop. And so he starts down the road and he's heading back, back, back to his home, his hometown. And his, I love the story because it says his dad saw him from a way off, from a far off, way off, which tells me the father was watching and looking for him every day. He was wanting to celebrate life again with his son. It says when he was a way off away, the father started running. Started running to his son. If I could demonstrate it, I would demonstrate it with Victor because I could run and knock you down. But see, I couldn't do that. 
I think the dad ran so hard and jumped on his son so hard that he knocked him to the ground. And I think they rolled in the ground like two kids. Like when he wrestled with his dad, maybe when he's a little boy, anybody wrestled with your dad, rolled in the floor when you're a little boy, and his dad just started kissing And he, he tries to get him, he tries to tell that, but dad, 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 I've done this, I've done... Be quiet, son. You don't need to tell me anything. Matter of fact, servants, bring the best rope we've got. Bring a ring for his finger. Bring some good sandals. These things are, boo, they're nasty. Here's a robe of stinky, okay? Bring some clean clothes for him. Put a ring on his finger. He said, and then go kill the calf. We're going to have a what? A party. We're going to celebrate. Because God is waiting for us to come to him. Even with our brokenness, with all the crud in our life, he doesn't care. He wants to make you new today. And he's a good, good father. He will not say, oh, no, no, you stink, son. You can't come close to me. Stay away. Mm -mm. God ran that day. He ran to his son. He said, come on in, son. Now, the other brother was the religious brother. I don't want to go into that. I don't want to mess up the story. But the other brother was a religious brother. He said, well, you never threw me a party. That's what religious people say. He got mad at his dad. And some of you may be mad at God today, but I am telling you, you need to repent of being mad at God. Because God has never done anything for you but send his only son to die for you. He's only done good things for you. If you think God has taken some from somebody from you, listen, he doesn't do that. God is a good, good father. We have an enemy. We live in a fallen world. I understand that. But listen, if we do, if we have an enemy and we live in a fallen world, you need to grab hold of God today. You need to celebrate your life in Christ today. You need to celebrate the fact that you already know that you've got your name written in the Lamb's book of life. And that when you enlist, listen, I don't care what takes us out. It's when we, where we go when we're taken out. Today, the Bible said, is the day of salvation. You may be dead in your sins today, but God says, I can make you alive. Today is our celebration of life. We celebrate God by celebrating His faithfulness and His goodness. We celebrate His Son. This is a new day. This is a new day. Would you stand? Would the band come on up?